0: From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun.
1: If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect. And we want to help you find them. I'm Paul.
0: I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate.
1: Now let's see, what were we talking about? Oh, that's right, cars. Uh, We do that a lot. It's uh, kind of our
0: regular phone call, you know that? My wife wife is shocked when you and I hang out and she gets to have a conversation with you that relates to something other than cars. I was going to
1: say, when she she sticks her head and she she says, wait, you guys aren't talking about cars? Like, what's wrong with you people?
0: It's hilarious. Did you know – did you know, I haven't told you this, actually, my son wants to do a party for all of his friends that is car-themed. He doesn't even really know what that means, but he just thinks it would be fun to hang out with all of his friends and talk about cars. So apparently, this is what we're passing on. Because <laughs>
1: he's got us as influence. I mean, that's exactly. all we do. And for all exactly. of you listening, it's our regular phone call. I mean, obviously, we talk about what we're going to be shooting next and business for the show, but then we just talk yep. about ideas. And it's funny, because even though Todd's not shopping anymore, I still kind of am, we we still scroll through ads, and we still send we each still other stuff. We still act like we're shopping. Yeah, we still act like we're, we're shopping. We're constantly yeah, shopping, ridiculous.
0: which is so funny.
1: And yep. you all are shopping, and it's fun to help you. And uh, Somebody wrote in here. This is Kerry for our first debate. He's from Oklahoma City. Yep. And he yep. wrote in here. <laughs> I had to laugh. He said, you guys are sort of car therapists, I guess. <laughs> we're not only car therapists to you guys, but we're car therapists to each other, I'll have you oh, know. Oh, yeah, it's It's frightening. I it's think that's hilarious. I laughed when I saw that. And then uh, DeVore, uh in Chicago, he writes in as well. He's looking for some ideas and considering an all-wheel drive car for uh, he and his wife. I'm not sure if they're sharing a car or not. That's a little unclear. He said they both got new jobs and they need a new car. And I've got a pretty good budget, so uh, there's some ideas. There.
0: Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's pretty cool.
1: And uh, I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's Let debating the, the all-wheel begin. drive
0: thing, whether or not whether or not he needs the all-wheel drive. I'm not sure, but I wanted to call out uh, a long-term listeners of our of ours named Mark, and uh, Mark's been with us for a long time. He's written in a lot of comments. When we ask for for you guys to comment on the show, Mark almost always writes in, and we appreciate that's that. That's great. We Thanks, Mark. We are listening to all of your comments as always, but Mark wrote in with an interesting question. He said, "Hey, can you guys talk about?" Forced induction versus natural aspiration can we talk about uh, you know forced induction or not essentially and how that's being changed mainly by regulations. Why it's becoming so ubiquitous to have turbos or superchargers, yeah. and you know, is is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Just our perspective on that, which is an interesting question. I mean, you know, that gets discussed a lot. And you know, we've laughed. Paul's actually done a better job of it than me. Making you, you're probably going to need to say it. The what is it? The to supercharger that Audi's <laughs> using now. Super supercharging. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> you see the 2.0 T, and you think, Tur- nope, supercharged.
0: That's it. Yeah, it's turbo. It says T. You'd think turbo. No, no, it's supercharged. And if you don't know the difference, here's here's kind of the. This is not going to be a great description, but here's kind of my audio description of what the differences are. No, I'm not going to try to make the noise of these engines. But but when you have a turbo, it's it's like it's like bolting a hair dryer to your to your car okay and that hair dryer is driven by the exhaust gases okay so one side of the turbine is being driven by the exhaust gases the other side is spooling up and pressurizing the incoming fresh air and pushing more into your engine your engine senses more air gives it more fuel i'm massively simplifying but that's a turbo but it the key, key thing there is that it's being driven by the exhaust gases unlike a supercharger, which is being driven by the drive shaft of the engine. So when the engine is spinning at 1,000 RPMs, the supercharger is already spinning. There's no ramp up to pressure. It's always spinning. So they have a slightly different feel there. And then, of course, you have natural aspiration, which has none of the above and has its own personality. So three very different worlds.
1: Yeah. If you're listening, clarification on that 2-liter engine. I did not mean all Audi engines are 2-liter supercharged engines. I know they're turbos. So if you're Furiously typing already about that. I know that that's the same engine that they put. But it,
0: but over. it is funny because you can see. All I just use that example. A- but you know, engine, you I mean. all signs a- You can see all kinds of A6s out there now. A7. Yeah. that A7. We drove. Was a yeah, great Yeah, that, that's a better it's example. Three, three T on the back, and then you look on the side quarter panel, and it says supercharges. Like folks at Audi, make up your mind. Okay, I'm it's starting to carry a cam- sharpie
1: with me. You know that, and I write on people's cars. <laughs> Supercharged. <laughs> yes,
0: they really like that's, that too. That's so. That's so very you. Yes, yeah. but you know what? It's in that same camp as what are the Germans doing on the, in the nine eleven naming? Where it's nine nine three, nine nine six, nine nine seven, <laughs> then the nine nine one. I mean, what what's going on over there? I mean, you're supposed to be. This is the land of precision. What's what's happening <laughs> the here?
1: The land of precision. <laughs> It's true. Well, you you it's would so think. Funny.
0: You would think if somebody was going to say a three liter T on the back of their car, and then it happened to be supercharged, the Germans are the last people on my list that I think would do that. Yeah. I can see somebody just being like, put a supercharged badge on the side. I don't care. But you know it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But the Germans decided to do that. With yeah, let's let that pass. That's fine. Well, so you know, anyway, I, so I've there really are been differences uh, in those engine types, but it's it, they're they're still both forced induction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean. We've talked about this about uh, the Cayman that I used to own, that lovely shove in the back that is natural aspiration mm-hmm. in the higher RPMs. And you commented every time you drove it, you're like, "Ah, oh, I miss that feeling. And mm-hmm. I'm sort of going the other way, loving you turbos more and more. And I guess it's because I haven't lived with them. I haven't really I'm trying to think. I've never, I've never owned a turbocharged car. I've driven yeah, lots of them, true, yeah. but I've never owned one. I mean I've got a big well, I mean, V8 in the Jeep now which is lovely yeah. and you know it does put out a lot of power but that that turbo thrust is so awesome I love there's a, that there's a key,
0: There is a massively massive key difference in feel here, and there are real benefits to both. But, I mean, the reason that turbochargers are becoming so ubiquitous, I mean, go back 10, certainly 15 years ago, and if something was a turbo, it was badged as many ways as possible because that was not common. You know, and you go back, watch the Saab lineup and all the things that they turbocharged, and everybody else is going, what's a turbo? You know, I mean, there, there's, there's been brands that have done a lot of it and brands that have almost ignored it, but now everyone is doing it. And, of course, I've made fun of the the ford products EcoBoost. yeah you turbocharged it congratulations <laughs> so you know i mean you can call That's it whatever funny. you want but you know speaking it's, it's of marketing true. Though, it's true i had a friend
1: who uh I, I was he's not a car guy and i was describing you know stuff we were working on and what we're doing and filming and he said turbo i thought that was just a like a marketing thing that means actually has more power <laughs> And on one hand, I thought, really? You haven't hung out with me? You've you've hung out with me all this time, and you haven't – that hasn't gotten in. On the other hand, with the EcoBoost thing, it is just marketing. EcoBoost is now just – why don't you just put the Turbo? Everybody knows this name. We know what it does. Well, most of us. But if you're listening, you probably do, and – I. (laughs) <laughs> Come but, on!
0: But what's happened? What's happened is in the name of—I mean, you can talk about the cafe standards in Europe. You can talk about the the U.S. the U.S. standards. I mean, whatever standards you want to want to chase. The reality of it is, globally, everybody is pursuing less carbon emissions and more gas mileage. Well, that in almost every case means a smaller engine is what's going to accomplish that. But you've still got to get the power that you're that the person that bought the last version of the car expects, and hopefully they probably even want more power than the last version. How do you accomplish both of the above? Well, that's where forced induction comes in. That's it. It is kind of required to get there, and we're talking about higher yeah. and higher. I mean, I forget what the stand, next standard is supposed to be. Supposed to be like a fleet standard of like forty-five or fifty mpg. That's a tiny engine that is turboed within an inch of its life.
1: So you remember uh, this is a this is a funny example, and you'll remember this. And if you're listening, the uh, I want to remind you about the uh, Aston Martin Signet. Do you remember this car? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah, a yeah. gussied oh, up yes. Toyota IQ. And I know. They, I know. They, And you could
0: only buy it if you bought an Aston Martin. Yeah. But then this was the well, way that they. Yeah. Keep going. On. Keep going.
1: It's it's hand stitched leather. It's all the stuff <laughs> that you would regularly get <laughs> in an Aston. I think it was sixty thousand or more U.S. dollars. It was expensive. Gussied up. It even had the same emotion control unit thing. Oh yes. It was. Your it was an Astonized. Yeah. Uh-huh. Toyota IQ, and everybody knew what, I like, it, what they were doing. I like
0: Astonized. Astonized is exactly Astonized. what they did. You're right. You're it absolutely right. It was super
1: fuel efficient because the most fuel efficient actual Aston Martins get about 16 miles to the gallon when you're barely feathering <laughs> the throttle. And everybody knew idyllized. what they were doing. And that yep. was to offset yep. their cafe standards so they could sell V12s with the glorious noise that they make to all these rich people in mm-hmm. Monaco,
0: mm-hmm. Or
1: wherever. Yep. And make this thing, and it had, like, a 97-horsepower engine, a stupid CVT transmission, and just nastiness. And you think, why? What? Oh. Yes, I'll take the V12,
0: please. And it's it's, it's everything to do – I love the fact that you couldn't buy it unless you bought the Aston. It wasn't like you could <sighs> go into an Aston Martin dealer and go, "I'd like a Signet, please," because yeah, they wouldn't cause sell you one. Which is one of the things that, that loves the car. Well, yeah, you you wouldn't. But but I just think it's funny that it wasn't even possible. But yeah, it, it comes down to. I mean, look at look at the American automakers. You've got you know the Chevy Spark on one end, and you've got the super heavy duty could haul the planet around Chevy pickup on the other end. Right. Those those are existing to cancel each other out and create an average fleet standard. That's the thing when you when you see that number.
1: It's all That's about like fleet-wise.
0: It's like automaker-wide. Yeah. And so what happens also is you get a niche automaker. The Aston Martin's a fantastic rec- uh, discussion on this, by the way. Bravo on that. Because you get a niche automaker, and they have a ton of trouble if they only make one kind of car. They either have to get a waiver or they have to do something crazy like the Signet idea to make this work. But, yeah, it's it's all about chasing it's that <laughs> number and that standard. And then, of course, Justifying this is another. Justifying
1: excess over in one corner while we make this. Exactly. <laughs> For the, for the greenies over here that you know <laughs> fits right in with the Prius crowd and I, you know if you're listening and you drive a Prius we, we're sorry
0: we wait, we we may have murdered a room full of people but you know what we brought a lot of good cleaning products and bleach <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh anyway uh, so <laughs> <laughs> but, but i don't about know where the average. That came from.
1: and but, well somebody- but here's,
0: here's the difference here's the key thing i, I feel like when you drive both cuz part of mark's question is is anything being lost and it, it, this is like the, I feel like it's very similar. It's related to the stick shift discussion. And that is, is anything being lost? Yes. Are we going to miss it? I don't know. Because one of the things, you know, I have this FRS now. And you've kind of teased me about it. Because here I am living in the mountains and I just went from a turbo car to a non-turbo car. Yeah, exactly. A low a low power non-turbo car. You've been giving me endless crap about it. And I deserve it on one level. <laughs> but what's interesting is when you get a naturally aspirated uh, car, There is something unbelievably – we use this word a lot, but it's very true. There's something unbelievably linear about that power delivery. And what I mean by that is the more percentage of throttle you're getting, the more power you're getting. The more to the floor you go and the more that RPM starts to climb. The higher in the RPMs it gets, guess what? It gets more and more and more and more powerful. That's a naturally aspirated tendency. Turbos, blow that out (laughs) of the water. Yes, except for your car. You can't look at the tack – (laughs) <laughs> well, but, 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 but Yes, but what I'm saying is, though, you can't look at a tachometer in a turbo car and be like, well, at 5,000, it's definitely going to be incrementally more than at 3,000. No, it's not. Because you could get in the new WRX, for example, and yeah. suddenly at 2,000 yeah. RPMs, you've got major boost, and it just hangs out there, equally powerful, until 5,000 for it starts to drop away. You're right. The problem with the Subaru. Was the traditional turbo problem of because that hairdryer is dragging on the engine until it gets spooled up, there was nothing, 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 nothing until like 3,500. And then there was a hint, just a hint that the car might be powerful. And then by 4,000, it was genuinely fast. Yes. But my wife didn't yes. like it because leaving from a stoplight, she felt like she was going to get killed. The FRS is actually faster, zero to 20 or 30 than that Sabaru because it's just. Naturally aspirated. It's not being Except weighed down. after that,
1: goes. you put two bodies in it. And I feel like I have to get out and paddle to help you move the thing I forward. Know. It's I know. going. And speaking of, you know, putting a hairdryer in your car, I've read uh, recently that Audi was doing that very thing, experimenting with electric turbochargers, essentially just yeah, an yeah. electric blower. And I say, why not? Sure. I'm, I'm seeing more and more of, you know, not only aftermarket conversion kits, but also OEMs playing with this technology, and I say why not, because as you mentioned at the top of the show, supercharging is great. It's instant, but it puts far more drag on your engine. I mean, it's a belt driven around the crank, and therefore Mm -hmm. your driveline losses are exponential in comparison to a turbo. Turbo, yes, lag is generally gone. WRX is excluded from that discussion. But turbo lag is, you know, no longer a thing. But, you know, they could... uh, you know, possibly do better in terms of uh, not just emissions, but uh, in terms of getting that better power balance and uh, fuel economy. Turbocharging well, is I mean, the way the to things- go, and that's why CAFE standards are, you know, car manufacturers aren't doing the Aston Martin thing. They're not Astonizing their cars no, anymore. It was no sort no, of a they're- joke. They're actually putting turbos on to deal with this by, you know, across their model range. And that's why Ford's yes, and, doing the EcoBoost on everything. They even do it on F-150 trucks now.
0: The thing that's lost is that incremental throttle feel. And I have noticed it on your Cayman, and I've noticed it now that I've got the FRS, tiny little incremental changes. I mean, like, like bend your, you bend your, to- your big toe on the throttle, and you can see it change the throttle and change the feel of the car. And, and now driving with your throttle is this very exact science little movements of the throttle in that frs or an old porsche or whatever your naturally aspirated proclivity is you can actually sense that whereas the the turbo is it's kind of instant on now maybe you prefer to drive that way but there is something and i know it it is very much for me like the stick shift there's something engaging about that natural aspiration and the way that throttle pedal interacts with the car in a similar way to a stick shift that yes we are losing something mark by not having it but i don't know that when you go to DSGs and turbocharged engine, do you miss it? I think that's personal preference.
1: If you do any modifications to your car, I think that's something you need to investigate is something involving power. And, you know, maybe it's a Agreed. you know aftermarket Agreed. electric turbocharger system or mm-hmm. even just, mm-hmm. you know, what most people are doing just to turbocharge their FRS and, BRZs. I think that's something you should investigate, but don't forget about your brakes, because anytime you upgrade your power, many yeah, people yeah. forget about brakes. And we've recently tracked that car. I mean, for street driving the brakes are fine, but for anything They're more fine. than that, They're as not soon great. as you start adding power, I think they kinda go hand in hand, but of course then there's the cost to. on top of that. So I realize sure, that's sure. you know, sort of doubling the cost to get more power, but I I I, I like it. I keep wanting to like it more when I get onto a straightaway and go, come on baby, come on.
0: Oh yeah, (laughs) oh yeah, yeah, You've got a lot of pedal movement and little changes make a difference and there is that watch the RPMs and the RPMs is the direct connection to how much power you've got. Yep. All of these things start to be kind of muted and to some degree taken away from you as you go into turbo and supercharging because they're essentially playing with the torque map. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. I joke about the, the, the current WRX, which, of course, is that FRS engine with a turbo. It's like just off of idle, welcome to full boost. And it just hangs out there. Yeah. It's just this, pla- this plateau of yeah. torque. Your RPM is now irrelevant to how powerful the car is. Hmm. Is that a downside? I'm not saying that it is a downside, but I am saying something about a kind of connection that you have to learn is being lost there.
1: Before we continue with the car debates, everybody listening, have you had a chance to rate and review our podcast? If you haven't, please do so. That would really help us yes, out. Please. That, yes, please. Yes, please. We, we look for your comments and, uh, like I said, not just comments on YouTube, but uh, give us a note, drop us a line, and uh, rate and review the podcast because it helps uh, bump us up in the standings. And as you can see, we'll send that out on Twitter. You know, We'll occasionally post that out where either a podcast mm-hmm. or whether the show, the actual car debate show rates in yeah. terms of our uh, our peers in uh, automotive journalism. So rate and review us. That would help us a lot. We would love it. Thank you so much for doing that.
0: And, and you can do it on iTunes. You can do it on Stitcher. Anywhere you listen to the podcast, they probably will allow you to rate it. And that helps other people find it. So that's a great point, man. You're absolutely right.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, debating. Uh, this is uh, Kerry in Oklahoma. He's the guy that said, mm-hmm. you're sort of car therapists. And I I just I love that because uh, he's got this long list and (laughs) oh man you've got to hear this situation here he's got uh, a couple of kids he's married two kids Mm -hmm. Uh, carrie i've got some crazy ideas for you so we've got to describe Uh your story first Uh just so everybody listening can get a sense of what we're dealing with here i've read your email which is really long and great with information so his wife has a 2011 jeep grand cherokee hey love it And he is writing in because he's looking for either one or two vehicles. The reason why is Mm -hmm. his current vehicle is a truck. He's a truck guy. He's got an (laughs) 09 GMC. It's the 2500 HD crew cab, solid rear axle, obviously.
0: Crew cab, diesel, four-wheel drive, monster truck. Okay.
1: huge truck. And so what Kerry is telling us, and therefore you guys, is he doesn't tow all that much, the ride is terrible, obviously, when you don't have anything that you're towing and waiting down the, the springs in the back. And he sold his fun car. And so, therefore, he still feels like he needs a truck. It's got to be crew cab, again, because of the kids, because of his wife, because of doing some do-it-yourself well, work and,
0: and maybe his, some off And his kind of work. His kind of work requires a truck. That's the key thing. Carrie is not one of those people who yeah, be like, yeah, good I, point. I, I've always had a truck. I need a truck. His work and the kind of stuff he does, he needs a truck. So, okay, Carrie, I fully respect that. But you've got the itch. You've got the car guy itch. you sold the fun car. You've got two kids. Now you have a problem.
1: So, here we go. Kerry's budget for one or two vehicles is about Plus or minus $35,000 U.S. Obviously, he wants mm-hmm. to spend less. I'm I'm fudging some numbers. I'm searching hard for you, Kerry. <laughs> I'm fudging some things because he's given us two scenarios. He's written in with, you know, buy a replacement for his current truck, which would mean another truck. But then he's got a lot of money tied up in that truck, whether it's a lease, whether yeah. it's slightly used. I agree. Yeah, you know, a lot of money to tie up into that. Um. The second scenario here is having a truck, which would be a cheaper pickup, Mm -hmm, and also mm -hmm. a fun car again, which is kind of the way I'm leaning, but the recipe- I am too. I know everybody's
0: shocked that we're leaning that way.
1: Yeah, the recipe of of how we allocate dollars and what you should get and what kind of truck. And so, Mm -hmm. like I said, I kind of split it in half, Kara. I kind of went 20 grand for your truck and 20 grand for a fun car. Just depends on what you can find and, you know- I know you kind of need both, and obviously the reason we're going both is because you can't name a fun truck or car that has a solid rear axle. I mean, really, that's going to be, you know, fun in the traditional, like, you know, we get pleasure driving sports cars, that kind of thing. You know, I was thinking, like, some kind of hybrid, and I thought, you know what? No, just go truck. If you need a truck, you know, right tool for the job. And then sports yeah, that's car a key thing. Here. If you're
0: if you're a person that needs a pickup, then go get a pickup. I, I as much as Quite I'm not discipline. a fan of them. If you have one of those lives and you have one of those jobs, you need a pickup. Guess what? Go get a pickup. Yeah, I mean that's, yeah, that's exactly. just the truth of it. But I but I I'm with you on the two car scenario. But I, my feeling and and Carrie, you're gonna have to figure out what your pain tolerance is here. But my feeling <laughs> is buy the buy the fun car first. And my guess is spend twenty five if you can on the fun car, and then figure out what kind of pickup you can get with what's left over. You talk about you you. you can do a little bit of maintenance yourself. So if if the truck is a work, if it's really a work truck, then, my feeling for you is this get a work truck that can be that work truck that you can throw something at the bed from 10 feet away and not worry about if it dented the outside. Okay? <laughs> That's the work truck you want. So don't spend much. Get that truck, make it just run. Then, on the days when you don't need the haul ability of a truck, you can take your fun four door can take the kids' car even to work. Yeah. And then you've got the beater yep. truck when you have to go, you know what? I got to haul stuff today. I'm taking the truck. But again, if you ding it, it's just like, Eh, it was a ten thousand dollar truck. <laughs> exactly. That's kind of my demeanor.
1: Okay, so you're thinking, uh, how are you alloc- allocating dollars? Like, what are you thinking as far as how much to the sports car and how much to the truck? Have you thought about that? And I think have, and then I think chase reporting? the twenty
0: to twenty five grand range for for car. Okay. I think that's, yeah. That's All the sweet right. spot. It's twenty to twenty five grand, and then what can you do for a truck that will actually meet your needs and 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 use the truck? In in, in my headspace here, the truck becomes the third car. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Oh, yeah. the, wife's yeah. got, the wife's got the Jeep Grand Cherokee. He's got whatever this four-door is we're going to talk about for roughly twenty five grand. That's hopefully fun. And then on those days, he's like, I've got to take the pickup. You pull that out of the quiver and you drive that. But maybe it's one, two days a week. Maybe because you're really driving the other car that you talk about as mixed street use and freeway driving. So get something that does that. Pull the truck out when you need it.
1: I'm with you. This is funny. I'm I'm thinking similarly. I'm thinking two cars. I'm thinking buy the sports car first. I'm thinking spend more on that and less on the truck. This is funny. Mm-hmm. But you know what? On Kerry's car list here, he... Is a GM guy. I did notice his wife had a Mustang GT. But pretty much he is American car. I see one German car and zero vehicles from the chunk of the world that produces Japanese and Asian cars. You know that?
0: (laughs) Fair point. None. Yeah, yeah.
1: On this list, it's mostly American. Obviously, he's had a lot of Chevy trucks. He's kind of, I get it, Chevy truck guy. Uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've come up with uh, three sports car ideas in the 20 to 22,000 range which obviously would leave okay. you a few, you know, some money left over for yeah. something yeah, decent yeah. that would run, you know, a truck that would run. So I came up with first of all a 2013 Hyundai Genesis Coupe 2.0. Hmm. 20 okay. grand. It's white here. I'm looking at it 12,000 miles, 13,000 miles. This thing's practically brand new. And what I like about it is uh Carrie's written into us and Told us that he's interested in either sports sedans or two plus twos, so uh-huh. I'm I'm thinking two plus two in my head, and that's why I thought aha, we did like that Hyundai Coupe. I, yeah, you know, it's yeah. personal preference, but again, as we caveat with any cars we recommend, go drive them and see if you like them.
0: Certainly. And I, I'm going to say V6 over the tur- turbo if you can do it, but you might not be able to do it for the money. I'd much prefer the V6 in that Pos- car. Yeah, but possibly. Yeah. At, but unless you're going to be doing, like, hardcore track driving or major back, back road driving where you're really going to notice weight shift, that car is going to do everything you want well. Unlike, I mean, if we look at our piece on the on the Pacific Coast Highway, we had Lotus Elise FRS and the Genesis Coupe. And yes. in that company, the Genesis felt enormous. But in normal <laughs> driving funny. situations, you know what? You've got it. you've got a great choice there. It's actually a good recommendation. I really like that. Keep going.
1: My other two are actually kind of twins, and that is okay. both 2011s. They're the Nissan 370Z or a 2011 Infiniti G37. Found one here for. Mm. 219 with the sport appearance package, 43,000 miles in lovely light blue. And uh, man, this thing's this thing's pretty sharp. I think all so all three of these cars are two plus twos. So therefore I'm thinking carry your kids, you know, you wanna take your kids with you, maybe you and your wife, mm-hmm. you know, night on the town, get away, just go for a drive, Possibly. that kind Possibly. of thing. And best of all, they're they'll be great commuters. So whether you get a manual or automatic, they'd be great commuter cars. Decent on the be fuel fun cars knowledge. to be in.
0: I see that. I see that. They're
1: a bit bigger, and they're not in the full hardcore sports driving autocross category. But that's not the idea that Kerry's wanting. I think he's just wanting kind no,
0: of no. That's clearly not. That's not his. Fun, not his world. I mean, here, interesting. Car. You you leaned. Interesting. You lean toward the two plus two because here's here's the thing. Kerry hasn't told us. He says he's got two kids still in car seats. Well, is this? rear-facing monster trash can sized car seats, or are these the tiny little boosters? Because the world changes a lot depending upon car seat size. Sure, sure. So you, you may have to be that guy, carry, and by the way, I encourage you to be this guy, who goes to the place where you're looking at a car for the first time and you pull the car seat out of your truck and you see, does it even fit? Be that guy, <laughs> embrace being that yeah, guy. I, I, awesome. I say that as a parent, I mean, and I'll say this about the FRS. The FRS is technically a two plus two. I have one son. And a wife who is only five seven. Okay, you would think we could all fit fine in that car. No, we can't. Okay, <laughs> my son is five. My son is five, and and he and my wife get into a fight about how much legroom he can have. Now he does not have enormous legs, but. He would be better off if he had no legs. I'm just putting that out there. And she's not tall, okay? So the, the FRS, while technically is a 2 plus 2, it really kind of isn't. Now, if it's me in the car and nobody in the passenger seat and my son in the back, he's thrilled. But of course, by that point, the passenger seat is way up front. Right, so right. Now, you're talking about that G37 uh, Coupe and that uh, Genesis Coupe. Both of those are larger cars. So you check the back seats of those. They may work for you. In that 2 plus 2 world... You, you said you're v- vaguely interested in German cars. You're not sure. I'm going to say to you, E46 M3. Hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. You're
0: going to have to check the back seats of that one, too. But that would get you a car that you could get for this budget. It's not a, you know, crazy turbo like we were talking about it before. It's not a crazy turbo BMW. It's a classic BMW. Great Dynamics still has aged really well. Great to look at. That is a fantastic enthusiast car. I cannot honestly remember now how big those back seats are. I'm a little worried about them not being much bigger than the FRS, but that's one of those you could check out and see. But I'm worried about the scale of your car seats. Two cars you've called out, Kerry, are the uh, the G the G8 GT, so the Pontiac G8, mm-hmm, and the okay. Lexus IS 300. And you know what? As a Chevy guy, to you, Kerry, I would say yes. Shop that Pontiac G8. I do love that recommendation. I've got two others, but I think you have actually settled on something really well for yourself, Kerry, in recommending the G8. Hmm.
1: All right. So what other uh, options do you have? Anything else uh, on your mind? Well, I
0: mean, you, you made the comment where you said he hasn't chosen any Japanese brands. And I'm reading Kerry's story and realizing he's looking for a car that when he just takes it on his commute, it feels kind of unique and fun and enthusiast. But it's got to have worthwhile back seats. So yeah. I'm kind of going, okay, that's kind of interesting yeah. blending. So I settled on two. All right. You have, to, you have to shop used on both, but here's two that you haven't even thought about. One is get a used Subaru STI or a used Evo. Yeah, yeah. Both of those would be fun. Because if Making you want to go, exactly. If you want to go drive them hard, they are going to do everything. But if you want to open up those rear doors and put enormous trash can size rear facing child seats, bring it. Okay, hmm. and if if you're and if you're going to a work site, that's the other thing about it, Carrie. If you're going to a work site, let's just say for sake of argument, because of your your truck usage, you're going to a work site that's not on a great road, or you know, it's not a, not a perfect kind of situation where if you had your BMW, would be like, I don't know, take your Evo, take your STI, because why not?
1: They actually are made for gravel and you know, light off roading. Absolutely. Off-roading, Absolutely.
0: So. so you know, depending hmm. upon where you're going, Carrie, you might even have days where because of the workplace location. You kind of need the truck, but if you don't need to haul anything, take the STI. Call it a day. Have fun. Enjoy. I, I think those are yeah. worth looking at.
1: I guess, uh, Carrie, I recommended Asian cars because I was looking at your list here. Not only did I see none of them on your car ownership list in your life, but mainly because mm-hmm. you are a parent. And I thought, eh, I don't want to recommend some high-strung, high-performance, high-maintenance German car. Yes. That's that is, why that is I'm a thinking a potential Asian. concern. And that's why I, I like I see, that. I totally see that too. So I was thinking 2 plus 2 works for you. I love the STI and the Evo. I'm actually kind of leaning more towards the Evo because it's a bit more, I don't know, I think unique and mm-hmm. fun. And, you know, of course, we love it. So, yeah, that's why I'm thinking Asian. It would be certainly reliable, less maintenance, even though you write in here that you can fix stuff yourself and you kind of like it. But I'm just thinking... You know, we all have such little time as it is. I yeah. don't want you to be and saddled I, with maintenance bills and repair costs. And I did like stuff, your so. I did
0: like your Infinity Infinity uh, uh, Coupe recommendation. And you know, conversely, you could go Infinity Sedan.
1: Yeah, and you maybe could, you know, you could. blend
0: the worlds. That's a real possibility. You're talking about the same engine and running gear, and I mean, it's, those are still really good. We should move on though to Devor in Chicago, who this is was writing fun. us. With uh, for also there's another kind of me and my wife kind of story coming out of Chicago here, uh, but he's saying that he and his wife used to both have company cars and now they've got new new jobs and they need he says a new car. So I'm guessing one of them is solved somehow, but the other one needs a new car. Their budget is up to forty grand, and I have to apologize right now. Don't know if you noticed this in this email, Paul, but I kind of feel like I owe, owe ap an apology, and here's why. Okay. Uh, they watched uh the recent video on uh, the cayenne Did you see this in the email well they watched the recent both he and his wife watched the recent video of the cayenne the fact that i got my wife a cayenne and his wife went oh, you know yeah. what we need is an suv i'm sorry i'm i'm sorry here here's the thing i will acknowledge this reality and it, and it is it is a it is a real thing okay the the hottest selling segment in cars right now is the five-seat almost SUV. I mean, the, one of our rock stars in that world is the Mazda CX-5. So just picture that car is what we're talking about. But even the new Porsche Macan is that size. Mm-hmm. Every automaker is getting into that world because they cannot make them fast enough. And as ridiculous as it is, the reason they're so popular is because there is a large segment of the population, and I hate to say it, but a lot of the, a lot of it is the female population, that just sitting higher gives the impression you're safer. Now, that is a bait and switch. It's not really true, but that is a real perception. And, you know, my wife's a truck girl, and she's always had huge body-on-frame trucks prior to Arcadia and now has a Cayenne. I mean, she likes that ride height. I'm not getting her out of it. I get it the cayenne has been a nice blending of the sports car performance that i want and she's actually taken to it as well with the size and scale that she wants so i'm i, I apologize that that's kind of now <laughs> getting you in an suv discussion i just i will say that they're they're out there and they can be worthwhile if it meets your needs but i'm going to talk to cars instead because that's what you've asked for
1: i'd like to do the same devor i i kind of well, I've said this before, and even though I acknowledge the fact that, yes, those SUVs are huge sellers, primarily for the reason of holding more stuff, people in gear and that kind of stuff, oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. midsize offers better handling, it offers a bit more compact size for parking and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm going to come back to the thing I've said a lot, and that is my personal opinion that the safest cars are the one that can out-accelerate outbreak or out-handle the danger or dangerous situation, whatever that might be. And sure. therefore, sure, that does that. not always mean the gigantic Yukon or SUV or mm-hmm. something like that. In many cases, the safest car is a German sports sedan or something like that that can out-handle or, you know, say you've got two big rigs and you're in the middle and you've got to punch the gas and get away from them, the car with more power, even though it sounds crazy, the car that's way more powerful that's my personal opinion. If you have a different I opinion, you got there. please write. I, I'd be curious to hear because I just I don't feel like you know punching through an accident or being a pinball through an accident and just sort of waiting for it to happen is the best idea. <laughs> I feel like avoiding it in the first place is the safer route, and therefore I see that. I, I see. That. I can see why you know, especially the Cayenne. It's the best handling SUV in that size class out there. It can do all those things, and so that's why I like it so much. But just to have a giant car because it's quote-unquote safe... I disagree. I really do. So yeah,
0: I hear that. And, and, that's, and that's the big dilemma. I mean, this is not, this is not an uncommon dilemma he's having. It's, it's, a real, it's a real reality. It's a real headspace. Yeah. It's something you're going to have yeah. to debate. I'm, I'm sorry that I've opened that can of worms in your household. <laughs> but let's talk about cars, shall we? You, you've actually brought out three that you like. You've said you like the, the BMW 5 Series, the Audi A6, and the Lexus GS. And I'm going to ask this question right up front. You haven't told us this. Why that big? because all of those cars now have gotten fairly large. I mean, if you think mm-hmm. about it, those cars are the size of like the 7 Series and the S Class 10 years ago. If it's just you and your wife, you don't need a car that big. I mean, let's get you away from the SUV and cars that large. Let's get you in I feel like the class below like the 3 Series st- size, the current 3 Series size I feel like is the better better match.
1: I'm I'm with you. I I can see that. You know, maybe they have some sort of need or just, you know, maybe they want to take friends or just a a larger car for road trips you know, we don't know, but yeah, I, I kind I of guess, agree with you I, for a you know, smaller car just for you know, especially if you're in Chicago, just for parking. I mean, shoot. Mm-hmm. Just parking alone. Um so. Dever, I say if you said you love the BMW five series and I will n I will never steer you away from a car. If you come in with preconceptions and say, Well, I love this car, don't ignore that. Mm-hmm. I mean it's you know, if that's yeah. working for you, and yeah, you love yeah. it. I see that buy it. You'll that. be happy. The end, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, 5 Series are great cars. But I I have a couple suggestions here that are a little bit smaller and maybe things you haven't thought about. I'm kind of hoping you do too.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the the key thing, and we always say it and we beat it in, into the ground, and that is you have to go drive multiple things. And if you can drive mm-hmm. multiple things on the same yeah. day, you like that 5 Series. So I think the key thing we're saying here is, Go drive the five series is like your your litmus test benchmark to start your driving day, and then go buy it, drive a bunch of other stuff. But yeah. I actually I would love to get you into the scale just below that. So drive the three instead of the five, or drive the five and then the three back to back to get a sense. Because I unless you're hauling more than I realize, I don't think you need anything that big. And the same would go for the Audi. I would say A4 over A6, but in Lexus world, I would say absolutely IS over GS.
1: I love that you I said just, that.
0: I. I, I'm sorry, the GS, look, the GS, they have done a really good job with a car that I just don't understand why it's that big. I just don't get it. Maybe, if you, maybe you need a car that big. But I just every time I'm in the GS, honestly, every time I've been in the GS, and I've even been in the GS F Sport, every time I've been in the GS, I've just thought, it doesn't need to be this big, why am I not in the IS? I, that's, that's my takeaway on that car.
1: You know, I was thinking back to the shoot that you and I did uh, with the C3 Series, uh, the new body style, F, uh, mm-hmm. was it, F80 body style
0: uh it's it's they're in the, they're into the f they're into the f word i don't know the where word, they are. keep yeah. going uh that, I'm, I'm too tired shoot, tonight to remember
1: uh that yeah, shoot yeah, with yeah. Uh, the lexus is 350 and the cadillac ats and it made me think of those two mm-hmm. cars and because of your budget uh davar i was thinking the lexus is 250 maybe if you don't need quite that much power the chassis is still there the dynamics are still there mm-hmm. we like you've got to go car.
0: f-sport though you have to go f-sport
1: uh, do they make the s Sport in the 250? or Do you have to bump up to a bigger engine? I'm
0: almost certain that you do, but but because they've either just way, increased the
1: price. And I thought, well, you know, if you if you like the car and you want to save some money, maybe the 250. We haven't driven that car with that engine, but I expect it will still be something that we like. Obviously, we'd prefer the 350 F Sport, but don't ignore the sure. Cadillac ATS with the 2-liter turbo engine because you can mm-hmm. also get that car with all-wheel drive. And despite the Q navigation system, we loved that car and came away <laughs> impressed. Honestly, <laughs> I love
0: the despite the in the middle of that recommendation. I, I hate Very to nice. say it, but it, yeah, it's okay.
1: It's okay, and if you can, if you feel like you're cool with it, great. It's not terrible, but. Yeah, you kind of get what I'm saying here. The car mm-hmm. itself, yeah, yeah. with that engine, great car. Love the styling. As a matter of fact, I I like it better than the Lexus and probably better than BMW mm-hmm. too. It's got a great look to it. And uh, yeah, go watch the review just to get uh, the the sense for the those cars is, and those dynamics. Um, the
0: ATS is a great looking car in that market segment. When you see it in 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 real life in motion, I think it's a better looking car. Then you realize, though, so you see, like, yeah. that's a good looking car. I, I feel like, especially in, we had it in like a weird, like metallic silver, almost gold color. I didn't really like that color, but I've seen them in red, <laughs> I've seen them in black, and they look great in those colors. Um, so, yeah, I hadn't thought scale, about that. You're right.
1: Champagne metallic.
0: Metallic. Exactly, perfect. Yeah, that, that's a that's a huge seller, uh, especially if you can get that nice that nice brown interior that they do. I mean, that I, that was actually color wise, that was one of the worst press cars I remember. I've ever had. You griping great about to drive. that too? That was It Was funny. great to drive, but color combination, I was like, really? I mean, here was the thing. Here was I'm, I'm off on a tangent. I'm off on a rant. Actually, yes, you are. Here was a Cadillac. Here was a Cadillac that everything about the driving dynamics was walking away from Cadillac's reputation of being an old person car, and yet the color scheme was old person I car. Dragged I was like, Guys, you back in. you're 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 killing me here. Where's a nice red with a great gorgeous black interior with silver accents to pull me away? But no no. It was a like you said, it was a fish scale metallic with a brown interior. Okay? You've gotta be kidding. So don't do that. But yeah, ATS is a good one. I've got a couple others. I'm curious. What about what about the Infinity Q fifty? The one that replaced the G thirty seven, that 50. G that G class. Uh you're that talking about Q50 new, is there. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking the new yeah. one. You can get it all wheel drive, you can get it rear wheel drive. You know what? I we drove that car, we actually drove it on a track. It's not an amazing car dynamically, but it is solid. And here's the thing about it it, it is actually a really good looking car in motion. The first time I saw it on a stand, I was like, what's Infinity doing? And I still kind of feel that way. Yeah. But yeah. It. I've seen a few on the freeway. I've like passed them on the freeway and been like, "That's a good looking car," and it's it's an, it's an all-rounder. It's forgotten a lot, but it's a good looking car. And then I have one other one.
1: Hmm. I'm looking up Infinity's website right now because I'm so curious.
0: Okay. If here's the thing, Davor, If you're if you're in love with the BMW 5 Series, there's a car you have to drive. If your budget is really 35 to 40 grand, you like the five series, go drive the five series. But if you like that size car, which now, again, we're in a big car. I don't know that you need that big, but you are in a big car. If you like cars that size, you have that kind of money, you have to drive the Chevy SS. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, because yeah. It's, yeah. it's the fi- it, let's be honest, it's the five series that BMW doesn't make anymore. It's the more analog, a little bit more of a bruiser, five series feeling car, but it's a Chevy. And they can't sell them very well, so you can get deals. And you could even get it if you can find one with the stick shift and the magnetic ride control. I'm going to say to you, game over. There's your car.
1: Maybe there's like 80 year olds still working in the color and trim department at GM, and that's why that color scheme Maybe. is still in
0: the ATS. Maybe that was it. Was awful. It was awful. Yeah, I, I did not like it at hmm. all.
1: This Q50 here is that's cool. By the way, it's that drive-by-wire system, but I believe for 2015 mm-hmm. or 16 they are getting rid of it or have gotten rid of it. No, maybe not. Direct adaptive steering, right. digital steering. Yeah, I just it's... want a steering rack. I don't want digital. I don't want it to, you know, with this 60d changer and a turbocharger on the steering rack. I just want to steer
0: the car. <laughs> you just want to be connected to just the wheel. Connected I understand. to the road. I understand. That's it. Yeah, yeah.
1: But it actually wasn't bad. We did like that car and uh, you know, we should we should do a proper review on that one. We we haven't yeah, uh, really done. Yeah. It's
0: absolutely worth looking at. Too it's many absolutely Infinities worth at. And
1: I noticed the G series coupes are now the Q40.
0: Yay! Yeah, it's just yeah, everything. All, yay, renaming. But oh, anyway, I say look at the cool. SS. Oh wow! Hmm. Yeah, I anyway. say look at the SS. I think that's a worthwhile one if you're going to go big cars. But I would try to talk you into something smaller. Hopefully, that's been helpful. <laughs> we 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 stopped doing half hour podcasts a few months ago. I think kind of blew now past 40. that gate, didn't we? Yeah, it's now just like the 45-minute Everyday Driver car debate. But we're here for you anyway. If you're looking for us, we are Everyday Driver. Wherever you're looking for us, it is probably slash Everyday Driver. That applies to YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. We're on all of those. We're reading all of your comments All of your questions, all of your recommendations, one of us is putting our eyes on it. Sometimes that takes a while, but we promise you we're reading, so please keep writing in because we love hearing from you.
1: We've got some great stuff planned through the rest of the year. Believe me, we are still planning. Things are coming together. We're doing more track stuff. Fast Blast content, write to us with suggestions for that on our Facebook page. And with your own debate, EverydayDriverTV at gmail.com, you've heard us say it before. And thank you so much for writing in. I love the conversations, and I, like I said before, somebody has written. I wish this whole podcast were a three-way conversation. It kind of feels like that sometimes. But write to us with with uh, you know as much information that would help us recommend the best car for you. Because yeah, we kind of are your car therapists, so it's it's fun. We love what we do, and uh, <laughs> we're having fun over here. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on YouTube. That's huge for us. And uh, don't forget to rate and review. Thank you so much, guys.